Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Brandon Urich, uh, CEO of Electric Royalties. Uh, Electric Royalties is the only uh, royalty group out there that's focused exclusively on the entire suite of metals uh, really required for the transition to, to clean energy. Um, you know, what we're really talking about is rebuilding the global infrastructure uh, towards a decarbonized global economy. And that's going to have an impact on a wide range of metals uh, that are really required for that, the building blocks of, of clean energy. Uh, and so, you know, we've got a growing portfolio of uh, 17 royalties to date. Um, we have got cash flow uh, from our recently closed MTM acquisition uh, in the U.S. Uh, and really looking to um, you know, offer investors exposure to the underlying commodities uh, that are going to be required uh, as we build out this uh, clean energy future. Cool. Brendan, good to see you again. We saw you, we've seen you a couple of times before, actually. We've seen you in March and back in June. Good to see you again. Um, just want to catch up with you t- uh, today from before the markets kind of get moving again. So this is the first week that sort of people get back and start paying attention after a nice long holiday. So you closed the Sprott deal. That's That's got over the line now. The no, no hiccups seems to be, seems to have gone smoothly. Yeah. So we closed it off on, on better terms than we initially had kind of, you know, signed up many months ago. Um, Sprott has come in. They came in for 13 and a half million cash. Uh, and co-invested alongside of us. Um, so that solidified that partnership. We got that done. Um, you know, we're excited to, to see where we go with that uh, partnership, you know, moving forward. Um, and uh, on the flip side, that was as, as part of the Globex acquisition. So we now have our first cash flow royalty. It's on the Middle Tennessee Zinc Mine in the U.S., um, you know, operated by Trafficura. Uh, you know, we're very excited about this. Um, you know, it's producing for, you know, over 50 years and, and we, we expect it's going to be producing for uh, decades to come. So. Uh, we got that deal done. Um, and then we also recently closed off our Vox acquisition, uh, you know, two graphite royalties in that portfolio. Uh, one of those is on care maintenance, the graph mana mine in Madagascar. And so, you know, that could be back on production, you know, as early as uh, Q2 of next year. Uh, so we're excited, you know, solidified that partnership as well. You know, it's not going to be the only deal that we ever do uh, with the Vox guys. And so, um, you know, we I think it'll be interesting to see how that uh, partnership progresses as we move forward as well. Well, look, yeah, I, I do want to, look, I'm not going to go over old ground here. People, well, put the links below to the previous uh, interviews. We talk um, in detail about the numbers and the timing, et cetera. So we'll, we'll park that up for now. If people are interested, go watch the previous interviews. Um, with regards to, um, so when you, when you talk about being, uh, rev, you've got revenue now, okay? Can you just give us that kind of ramp up? Give us a sense of what your revenue profile looks like, you know, not just this, the rest of this year, but next year and the year after. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, just from the Middle Tennessee uh, royalty, uh, you know, right now we only own 25%. We did that, you know, just to basically reduce the amount of dilution we had to face today. Uh, we have an option uh, to go back and increase our ownership interest up to 50% alongside us brought. Uh, and so that option basically kicks in at the end of year one. And uh, so that would basically double the revenue we expect from the Middle Tennessee royalty. But for this first year, we're expecting it'll be about 500,000. Um, obviously, we'd, we would expect to uh, execute on that uh, option, you know, at the end of year one, that would be boosting our revenue up, you know, moving forward to about a million bucks a year. Uh, Graph Mata, as I mentioned, you know, we're expecting that that'll come back online next year. Um, you know, they've had 30 months continuous production. Uh, they've had all of their offtake qualified. It's a, a big major step that you see in the graphite space that you don't see in any, you know, any of the other commodities. 
Um, and so, you know, when that's back online, we're expecting that'll be about half a million a year as well. Uh, and then just internally from our own portfolio, um, Sayona Mining, uh, which is, you know, absolutely gone crazy, I think, since we last talked. Uh, but they just finalized and closed their acquisition of the uh, Canada Lithium Mine. And that sits right next door to our Oche Lithium Royalty Project. Uh, and so really the plan there is actually to blend the ore from the Oche project uh, to ramp up production at the mine. So, uh, you know, they're putting a, a, a formal plan together, but, you know, we're expecting that to come online in production, you know, within the next two years now. So that's, you know, a kind of a very uh, good eyesight, you could say, uh, just from our kind of current portfolio um, of us getting the three cash flowing royalties. Okay. Um, you I, know, just by give me some numbers. Back their hands. Give me, give me, give me some numbers here because uh, like if we, if we look, if we look at, you know, you can take 25% to 50%, you're going to, that's going to cost you money, right? So what's that going to cost you to be able to get up to a million bucks? Yeah. So it was actually a pretty good deal. We're paying um, essentially what Sprott paid, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, you know, the number is actually a 10% increase uh, on what they paid cash uh, as of now, but it's minus the cash that they received. Uh, from that 25% ownership of the royalties. So essentially it's a, you know, zero interest, you know, kind of uh, option as it were. Um, and we're going to pay exactly what's prop paid. It's about four and a half million dollars. Uh, but we can choose the timing of that, you know, really anytime, um, you know, starting after year one. Are you going to do that? Because you've got to pay four and a half million to go from half a million to presumably, well, is it going to be a million or does it become something different? Well, look, uh, you know, Traffic Gear has just taken over this asset. Um, you know, so we we're, we have some expectations in terms of where Traffic Gear is going to go with this. If you look at historically operations they've gone in, you know, they haven't gone in and minimized operations. They're usually looking at how do we maximize this? Um, you know, this mine is very uh, strategically important uh, because it's related to the Clarksville smelter. Now, the smelting operations at these big groups, it, it dwarfs the, uh, the mining business, you know, by a factor of 10. And the concentrate at the Middle Tennessee mine is among the highest grade and cleanest globally. So, you know, it's a very good concentrate to have, um, you know, to blend other ores with where you might not have that. So, you know, we're expecting that there's going to be some updates on that. Um, you know, we're expecting they're going to be ramping up production. You know, they're still kind of getting over some of the COVID delays, um, you know, that have impacted most of the world. But, you know, obviously this mining operation as well in 2020, um, you know, and you're still kind of seeing some of that residually in 2021. So I think you're going to have a much different picture, quite frankly, by the time we have to actually make that choice. Um, you know, so we are expecting we would, and we're expecting those those numbers are going to look a little bit better. Okay, so, you, so there's, um, you've got a window. So there's but you, the, the the window, your window doesn't grow and, 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 and change. Your window's fixed. They have been affected by COVID and they're moving at whatever pace they're moving at. So when you say there'll be more information for you to be able to make a decision. What happens if there's not? Do you have to make a call on it and go, like, based on it, the fact that it's Trafigura, based on the fact that the, whatever whatever's happening in that sector, um, we're going to have to go and raise this money or we're going to have to issue more shares? Well, probably both. So that's a tough one, right? Yeah, look, and I, I don't like to ever commit to stuff until you actually, you're in the moment because it is always nice to have more information. I, you know, I think even where we look at it today, um, you know, and where we think commodities are going. I mean, when you're talking about the real opportunity here, I think people are underestimating uh, the size of this, you know, uh, in the entire human history, right? Some of these markets only got up to 100,000 tons or 400,000 tons. And you're talking about now in the next 10 years, right? The human history is a long period of time. Well, the next 10 years, we're going to have to double, triple, quadruple that. Um, you know, I don't think people understand mining as well as they think, because that's 
not an easy process. Uh, there has been almost no money that has gone into a lot of the exploration effort and work required uh, to move things along that 15-year development timeline. Um, so we're, we're expecting much higher metal prices, not only for zinc, but you know, for across all the commodities that we're chasing. Um, and you're starting to see it already. You know, lithium prices have already you know spiked. I think they've doubled in the last you know six seven months. Um, you know, and I think they still probably have room to run. Uh, definitely over you know a ten year time frame. But I think you're going to see that for a lot of these commodities. So, you know, we're we're very bullish. It's nice to have that extra time to actually see and you know uh, watch it happen and and become real. Uh, you know, it makes it easier for other people to understand sometimes why you're doing stuff. But um, you know, definitely it's a, it's an asset that we love. You know, it is. It's operated by Traffic Era, um, one of the biggest groups out there. You know, they're definitely going to modernize and and upgrade that mine. Uh, you know, look at every expansion case scenario they can. So. Um, you know, the other side is the expiration uh, effort. You know, this was owned by Nearstar formerly. Nearstar, let's say undercapitalized, well, they did ultimately go under. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, as did most of the mines they were they were running. But, you know, expiration was not a, a big thing on their program. Uh, but this deposit, you know, it was basically they just go poke a hole, you know, 10 meters down, 20 meters down every time they needed more ore. Uh, and so, you know, we're expecting that there's going to be, uh, you know, a long mine life ahead. And, um, you know, resource updates and that kind of thing will be, uh, you know, just kind of a, a cap in our feather on that one. Okay. Well, I, I guess we'll know more when you know more and when you get closer to the point where you've got to make a decision. So I'll park, let's park that up for now. Okay. Graphite, Madagascar. We've had a few Madagascar stories on here and graphite is very, very popular as well. And, you know, feeding into your theme about, you know, um, you know, green energy metals. Um, what gives you confidence that you mentioned Q2? What gives you confidence that Q2 is going to be the time frame under which they're going to get back up and running? How are they going to do that? Yeah, well, that's kind of a guesstimate. You know, they could be uh, it could be earlier than that, quite frankly. Um, you know, they took part of the they got delayed and, and kind of really went into care maintenance because of COVID, um, and they've taken that opportunity to really look at um, an expansion case scenario. Um, you know, as as the case of a lot of these graphite operations, the expansion case uh, it actually doesn't cost very much. If you want to even look at doubling production, um, so that's what they're they're looking at right now. Uh, you know, Madagascar. It, look, it isn't one of the core areas we said we'd ever you know be really looking at, but I think when you look at each of these commodities, is unique. And um, you know, commodities generally they they form where they form. You know, and you know, you look at tin. There's a kind of a, a little place in Cornwall, UK. You find some tin deposits. You know, Tasmania. Um, you know, Malaysia, obviously, and in Indonesia, but, you know, tin doesn't form all over the planet. Graphite, Madagascar, they seem to have a special relationship. Um, you know, Mick Davis has recently invested there uh, through his, uh, his Blue Vision or, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Um, so he's just made an investment into the graphite space in Madagascar. The graphite in Madagascar is very high quality. You know, as with a lot of these commodities, it really comes down to you know, the quality and, and what you can transform that into. Um, you know, you can't just have 99.5%, you know, for batteries, it's gotta be, you know, 99.9. There's a big difference, right? Um, you know, so the flakes distribution and all that in Madagascar uh, just seems to have the kind of a special relationship. So, you know, and, and Bass Metals, the operator of this project, you know, they're one of two ASX listed companies today, actual capable of producing graphite. You know, that seems crazy to me, right? Because <laughs> you've got a lot of graphite groups out there. There's only two companies out there on the ASX that can actually produce graphite right now. Um, you know, so these are very small markets. We're excited to be, um, you know, partnering up with these companies, you know, at this stage. Uh, and ultimately, we we hope that we can be good partners and, you know, fund, uh, 
uh, these groups into mid tiers of, of of their own commodities at some point. Okay, so again, is it okay? So we have to wait and see how quickly they move or can you know get things back up and running? Because yeah, I get the the COVID thing, Madagascar, and and similar where they where they be you know Papua New Guinea, so people treating this quite seriously. I get I get that, but the companies themselves, they are their their narrative is we will be getting this thing up and running soon. That that's what they're telling you. Well, you know as. I, as all as with a lot of these management teams, you know their focus is a little bit distracted sometimes, um, you know. But I can't really knock them for trying to diversify, uh, you know, because that's a very key theme that we have. You know, they have picked up a lithium asset, so they're kind of poking around doing two things at once, um, you know. But it's mining, you know. Sometimes, unfortunately, you can't do stuff on the ground uh, in one place. What are you going to do? You know, sit on your hands and just kind of wait. Um, you know, there is kind of a, a period of time where you can you can shift some focus, but. Uh, ultimately, um, you know, that, that is their overall strategy. I mean, it's definitely their flagship asset, um, you know, and, and I see them pushing hard on it, um, you know, over the next kind of three, six months. But, you know, we'll have some more information in terms of what that ramp up looks like. Like I said, you know, they could double, you know, even triple production, uh, you know, pretty minimal CapEx, um, right. you know, and they've got the resources there. So you know, it's a good start, um, but really that qualified offtake is a big piece. You know, okay. that's okay. a 30 month, uh, you know, time frame that, you don't have to do it if you're a copper miner, you know. Okay, honestly, so honestly, that so that the Vox royalty deal that that involved like two million bucks worth of shares, right? There was no there was no cash component to that. No cash, yeah. Right. So okay. they. So that. Then can I just yeah? Check there was twenty five thousand uh, dollars. Well, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, and then then with the with the Sprott deal, you know, there were nine million shares involved with that transaction too. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we the only cash we paid on that one was the down payment when we signed the deal. Right. Okay. Actually. I'm trying to I'm trying to trying to build a picture of how you're doing deals now. And then you know, if I'm speaking to you in a year's time, how you're doing deals then. That's that's what I'm trying to get a sense of here. Because when you're For new, sure. there's not much cash floating around and people don't know what you can and can't do and this and whether your business model works or not. Cash is hard to come by, so you gotta do what you gotta do. And I said that to you last time, right? So yep. nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it yet. I thought you would be nothing wrong with it yet, is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> um so let, let's let's talk about the third project, which is the, the lithium project. So it has, you know, uh, it's in Quebec. They're a big, you know, that's a nice uh province to do business in. So tell us a little bit about that deal, because again, that was like only a million well, it was a million bucks involved there. Was that a cash or shares? That was shares. That was there a, you that go. Was right. Okay. Tell yeah. us about the deal, and then we'll ask you some questions. Yeah. So uh, it's called Canset. Um, you know, it's in Quebec. It's right next to all the hydropower you could ever need, really, to put a mine in production. Uh, couldn't be more perfectly situated uh, from an infrastructure point of view. Quebec government, you know, very supportive of development. Obviously, um, Lithium Royalty Corp. Uh, they're probably our only competitor in the lithium royalty space. Uh, they actually did a royalty financing on this asset uh, about a month earlier than we did. Uh, so they've really kind of made it a flagship, to be honest. They paid about 6.5 million cash. Um, they're funding about 3 million of the, the equity uh, in terms of the spin out of the asset. Um, they're raising $18 million to advance this asset forward. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a pretty good uh, head round, you know, these type of spot deposits in Eastern Canada. Obviously, Oche is being one of them. We have Seymour Lake, um, you know, so it wasn't our first one that we've looked at. And quite frankly, it's really surprising the, how quickly they can add value to these projects. So with $18 million, you know, uh, comparable asset, you know, we've seen move through development for less than that. Uh, and they've put a PEA out there that's got, you know, 4 billion in revenues uh, from Spodgeman alone. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, we like this asset better. 
Um, you know, we think there's more expiration upside, um, you know, and uh, quite frankly, we expect that it's going to be fast track. So we're looking at the next two years. It's going to be very exciting to see, you know, the growth in this asset where you could be looking at, you know, 40 or 50 million in revenues coming back on this royalty, you know, and we paid a million bucks for it, um, you know, maybe 12, 24 months earlier. So it's one that's going to be, you know, one of those nice portfolio add-ins that's going to be, you know, seeing an incredible growth in value as we move forward over time. Okay, so so you're there's some pretty big numbers you're quoting there. So that's based on on what what gives you the certainty and confidence that of those sorts of numbers? Yeah, well, like look, like anything in mining, there's always a risk, and I can't guarantee this. But you know, we looked at all the drilling. Uh, this royalty that we acquired covers all the heart of all of the drilling, all the current resources. Um, you know, and it does have a boundary on both sides. All of the drilling is pretty shallow. It's all kind of within 100 meters, but the grade's very good. Uh, when you compare it to, you know, some of those comps I just mentioned, but really all the Eastern Canada, hard rock, spodumene deposits. And so the grade already looks good, but then you look at the drilling of those other deposits, it's all higher grade at depth, quite frankly. Um, you know, that's where they're really getting their, their good grades. And so that's all left untouched so far in Canset. You know, they're putting it, they've got an expiration target on there. It's a 17 to kind of 25 million tons. Um, you know, our drilling from what we looked at, you know, we think that they could probably put together a resource already today. Um, you know, why they didn't before all this, I don't know, but we're expecting that'll come together very quickly. Um, you know, and that size is very significant. That's, you know, like I mentioned, that's a direct comp, you know, to some of those assets projects out there, you know, that have 4 billion to, to 9 billion in revenues forecast. Um, you know, so it's already got the size, you know, we already like the grades very good, but we expect both of those to get you know, better, uh, quite frankly, um, you know, and it's and perfectly situated. Like I said, I mean, a lot of those spodumene deposits, they are not around, you know, clean hydropower, uh, you know, good, good road access, you know, this couldn't be, you know, better located for that. Um, and you've got a good group that's taking it forward. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Canaccord leading an $18 million IPO, you know, LRC, Lithium Worlds Corp, they've already got six and a half million into this. They're committing another 3 million on the equity side. Um, you know, and so you've got good partners, you've got good people. And uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's going to be exciting to, to see how that unfolds as we move forward. Okay. Well, obviously lithium and quite a, actually quite a few of these, you know, are, are very technical in the graphite is too. They're very technical uh, commodities, right? So getting, you know, being able to get it out, find it and get it out of the ground is, is, a, is a good start, but then you need to be able to process it. So hard rock, a little bit easier, but technically. Um, that's, well, that's the thing, use. you know, that's... That's, the, That's the one nice thing is that it's uh, technically it's it's the process that we've you know got a lot of experience with. Right. Okay. Um, but but, so, but what, what interests me is that you, you've said that your, your your comps that you're using are from people who have not yet in revenue or producing. These are just forecast, right? So that there's, you must have a little bit of reservation here about what what you're going to be able to get from this and what your contribution for your you know million bucks worth of shares is going to be. So have you? Given guidance for that? Yeah, well, yeah. So look, as I go back, to, you know, you can't really guarantee anything in mining. Um, my bet is that, you know, there's only so many of these deposits out there. They're actually tougher to find than you might think. And so, you know, our plan is diversification. Uh, we're going to go get, you know, 10 of these assets. Uh, you know, we ultimately at the prices we're paying, you'd only need one of 40 to really work out. Uh, so, uh, you know, on that, on that basis, we're doing okay. You know, I'd like to think that we're going to do better than that. Um, but uh, ultimately, it is about diversification. Uh, and, you know, fact is, we probably do have a pretty good head in the space. Um, you know, we've looked at all of these other assets. Uh, you know, we have spent about two years now um, looking at assets in this space. 
So, you know, we feel pretty confident that this is special. Um, it's going to go in production at some point in time. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, at this price, you'd only have to make one out of 40, you know, potentially work to, to pay off everything else. So at the moment, you're whatever, you're 23, 24, 25 million, depending on the time of day at market cap. Um, you've kind of moved, yeah, side, yeah. Kind of moved sideways since we last spoke to you. What, what do you, you think you're at 42 cents after we spoke, got up to 54 cents very quickly after that. And then you've, I guess, come away with the market a little bit, um, down to sort of 30, 36. So with the, let's come back to the share, share deal structure, right? Because I, I'm intrigued. When you haven't got access to too much cash, you use what you can. And in your case, you're issuing shares at various prices. Now, if you're moving sideways now, I guess no one's going to be selling shares into the market. There's no big overhang. So tell us a little bit about how you sort of structure these deals to ensure that, you know, people don't ruin your day by dumping stock in the market in big chunks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we do put in, um, you know, kind of standard clauses in there where there's hold periods. So there's an automatic four month hold period, boom, right out of the gate. Uh, and then we typically add on to that. So, you know, we'll have some of it vests after, say, four or six months. We'll have another kind of vest period, eight, 10 or 12 months, and then kind of look to have a, a final vest period, you know, 12 to 18 months out. So it gives us quite a bit of time, you know, uh, and quite frankly, we're not talking huge numbers either. You know, um, this is three million shares, you know, even over the summertime, even though it's it's been pretty slow, you know, we are consistently trading, you know, 200,000 shares a day. So, you know, even if they were sellers, which they're not, uh, you know, quite frankly, we do pick our partners carefully, um, you know, and these are people that have, uh, you know, more deals to give us, you know, quite frankly, they buy into the bigger picture of what we're building here. Um, you so know, who's the, there? You've got, you've got, you've got Vox, obviously, potentially as a source of deals for you, but who, who, who are you referring to as they? Oh, well, we've got some other good partners as well. Ryan Colt, uh, you know, he, he's one of the guys that vended us to Seymour Lake Royalty. Um, you know, he's got other interests out there, uh, but yes, partnerships across the board, right? Um, from Sprott to, to Vox, uh, to, to guys like Ryan Colt, um, you know, who's one of our advisors on our, our team there, uh, of which we have a number of others. Uh, you know, there's about seven other advisors on there, um, but it's everybody, you know, we've got a, a great group of people that have really bought into uh, what we're doing with the company and, and kind of see that long-term potential, right? I mean, I kind of, I say it's cheesy, it sounds even cheesy to me, but you know, essentially these are, um, you know, these metals, these critical metals are the oil fields of the future, right? I mean, that's going to be what uh, supplies the energy needs for the planet, you know, as we move forward over the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Now, oil will probably stick around a bit longer than, you know, people expect, just as coal is sticking around a little bit longer than uh, people expect. But, you know, long term, you know, it's going to be more about manganese, more about lithium, you know, more about uh, nickel, cobalt. Uh, than, than, than oil and gas, which has been, you know, driving the world for 100 plus years. Okay, so I, I, get, I get where your, your, your head's focused, but I was, I was just trying to understand, you know, what protections you put in, in place for yourself with these types so we, of structures yeah. that you're doing. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's Yeah, yeah. So we do those so outside of just the whole periods. We also do uh, have clauses in there whereby they have to actually come to us, um, you know, inform us and say, hey, we're looking to sell the block. Uh, you know, okay, you have two weeks or 30 days. Uh, can you go find, you know, somebody to buy it in the secondary market? Maybe you get a bit of a discount on that. Uh, so there, there, there are other options that we have as well. Um, you know, it's about a constant stream of communications, you know, so that they can let us know if they, if they are looking at selling, because, you know, quite frankly, I might be getting phone calls and I do, uh, from groups that are looking to buy a block, you know, and when you look at trying to go buy a big block of our stock, if you tried to go buy it, 
you know, half a million shares one day, boom, I want it. Our stock will be much higher by the time you, you finish that trade. So it's it's not uh, uncommon to, to have people calling in and asking for uh, blocks of stock for sale. Okay, so if if I look at your, your short term revenue um, profile at the moment, it's it's quite small, right? You're you're going to cover your GNA, great, but how do you expand? Because you, you, you've you've made a big bet, right? I think you're one of the only that I'm certainly that I'm aware of, maybe others, that is looking at the entire battery metals suites, right? There are people who focus on nickel, copper. There's people who focus on maybe lithium and stuff like that. But you, you've said right, no, we're going after all of this. So people should, well, at least you've differentiated yourself, right? You you, you, could, you could argue that, but. If I compare you to the precious metal royalty companies and, and streaming companies for that matter, um, and, and even I think Nova, we're talking about we're talking about Nova when we talk about you know you know copper and nickel. Do you think you're almost too broad? Like even within that kind of even within that kind of battery metals thing, you're too broad. You're trying to be all things to all men. Is that going to work for well, you? Well, I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity here in this sector, and you know differentiation right away just by focusing on the clean energy metal space. We've differentiated ourselves from 95%, you know, of, of the royalty groups out there. Uh, you mentioned uh, nickel and copper. Yes, Nova royalties. Um, you know, they only do nickel and copper. Uh, you know, they don't look at the other seven commodities that we're tra- uh, targeting. Uh, lithium Royalty Corp, privately held, only does lithium. Um, you know, there, I think there is supply side risk on that, you know, where a new flood of supply comes on. If you're only in lithium, you know, prices could get, get hurt. Uh, you know, we look at this as really a broader opportunity. Um, you know, our strategy is really to stay diversified across each of these commodities. So at the end of the day, we're not really making a bet, a bet in terms of where battery chemistries are going to go, um, you know, what technologies might come to the fore, um, you know, telling you that we can see the future on, on supply disruption risks that may, uh, you know, arise either in nickel, you know, you have big nickel and all that in China, for example. Um, you know, by staying diversified, they all have exponential growth forecasts, you know, across the board. Um, you know, I think ultimately we're going to need the all the technologies we're developing right now and all the commodities uh, that can actually uh, you know build those technologies uh, to actually rebuild the world infrastructure that's an incredible challenge um, and so you know I think quite frankly they're missing out on a lot of the opportunity there you know where our plan is to really tie ourselves to this clean energy revolution offering investors exposure to you know the underlying building blocks of that um, and so you know it's just a bit of a difference in strategy you know we're staying diversified across all of them. One or two ultimately may fall by the wayside, but by staying diversified, it's more of a bet on the overall kind of you know transition to clean energy um, rather than any one commodity. Right. How do you drive your revenue in short order? Because that's the thing that people are going to judge you on the the royalty companies, which have got you know long you know long um, lead item uh, on revenue. They're going to be in trouble, right? They, they they're going to struggle. You got to get yeah. they're quick. You've got a couple of projects which are generating a little bit of cash. I guess you, you know you're really kind of well. You, you've got to make. You've got to hope that uh, Quebec lithium gets going quickly. You've got to hope that graphite Madagascar gets back up and running in some way, shape, or form. And you've got to make that call as to whether or not you spend four and a half million bucks to buy back the twenty five another twenty five percent on this on the Sprott deal. So it's like the it it it's tough. Can you do it? Well, look, honestly, I think uh, the exciting, we've only been public now for about a year, right? And, uh, you know, closed out all of our initial private transactions kind of going into late August. So we'd be about a year, you know, at this point in time. Um, we've got a portfolio of 17 royalties now. I think 
you know, I mentioned a couple of those ones that we have that I'm expecting will be near-term cash flow because they've, you know, had announcements or they've already been in production, um, you know, or they've been care maintenance or, you know, they're right next to a mine. They plan to use that ore body. Uh, but, you know, we've got a number of feasibility. We've got um, Bissett Creek, uh, graphite feasibility stage asset in our portfolio. Um, you know, couldn't be any more ready, <laughs> you know, to production except for the construction part, right? So they got to get going on that. As soon as they get an off-tech agreement, they'll be off to the races. That's kind of two years out. And we've got some ones in our portfolio that are kind of more four or five years out, but are very exciting. You know, we're expecting, uh, you know, two of them alone, just between our, our vanadium royalty, our manganese royalty, we're looking at about seven and a half million a year in cash flow. Um, and those have big mine lives. They're going to have 35, 40 year plus mine lives. So, you know, just by virtue of doing nothing over time, you're going to start to see that. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I'm not going to be waiting around for that to happen. I think as we finally are getting into that size, quite frankly, where, you know, people might think we've already done some interesting things, but it's very tough to do that when you're only, a, you know, 15, $20 million company. So, you know, we are now just starting to get into that uh, size level where we can start to have some really interesting discussions. And I think we're pretty much there, you know, we've already had to started to have some of those, but, um, you know, I'm looking uh, to surprise people again in terms of, you know, stuff that people are maybe doing to, to ramp up cash flow. Uh, you know, we make a lot of proposals to groups um, you know, and kind of special, unique ways to do things. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be some aspect of that, um, you know, and working with big private equity groups out there potentially um, to really ramp things up quickly. I know that we are we are in discussions with a number of those, um, but ultimately I'd, I'd like to still just continue picking up, you know, deals like we did with Canset and we just announced, you know, because those are such value add deals that, um, you know, along the way, uh, you know, that's, that's value add to the business. And those are the ones that if you can get in, you know, early, you're paying them, you know, the right price, uh, you know, that's where you get this incredible growth and value where, you know, the royalty by, you know, two years from now might be worth, you know, 10, 20 times what we paid for it today. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a good mix, you know, where you don't want to necessarily stop doing ones, you know, like Canset or, you know, earlier stage, because that's where you get a lot of the value capture. Um, but we've definitely got a lot of deals in the pipe. I mean, look, we've got, working on about 15 different deals right now. Um, you know, and those are mostly not production uh, case, to be honest. Um, but we're going to be back on production looking for that, you know, another MTM royalty to take down, you know, as early as October. Okay. But, but I think, okay, we're not getting into a really interesting area because, again, for me, it's not, when you're starting up, it's sometimes it's just about survival. You want to hang around long enough, be able to hang around long enough so that the interesting ones that you mentioned some there, which could be some pretty big numbers down the line, you're still around to kind of, you know, benefit from or your shareholders are there to benefit from. So, but when you're starting out, you've got to, it's as much about the deals you don't do as the deals that you do do because the cost of those can sometimes kill the company before you get a chance to kind of breathe and actually, you know, run, run the race. So do you think that you should have done all of the deals that you've done to date. Could you have stepped away from one or two of those? Look, honestly, we've, we've stepped away from uh, three deals and I regret them all. <laughs> you regret doing them all. I regret not uh, doing them all. Uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, one of those, I mean, it was Argentina, um, you know, we, and we, we did a lot of work on that, but we, we couldn't, couldn't figure out, you know, well, look, on the, if we had invested on the equity, uh, we might have made eight eight hundred percent or something like that, um, but you know it's just uh, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, no, look, it is though. It is. It's an important, um, you know. And I think one of our uh, definitely a focus is once we announce something, we want to do it and we kind of commit to getting it done. 
you know, so yeah, if we announced a, a royalty like the MTM royalty, $20 million deal, we're 20 million market cap, we try and break product. We, if we don't get that done, you know, that's not, <laughs> doesn't get, that's not good. Um, you know, that could be a deal that would be like, uh, you know, I don't know where this company is going to go now. So yeah, getting the stuff, getting deals done that we actually commit to, um, you know, and, and doing it on, on good terms, I think is very important. It is very much about staying alive at the beginning, right? I mean, it's about survival when you're first getting going. Um, and, you know, I think that's part of it too. I think a lot of, especially the private equity groups are looking at, um, you know, what, what can this guy do, with, you know, without us or uh, what, where's this company going to go? Are they going to make it? Um, and that's where we really, like I said, starting to get into an exciting period. Uh, um, you know, I think there's a number of potential exciting partnerships that we've been looking at in that space. Uh, we get a lot of groups actually reaching out to us. You know, it's crazy. The number of groups has said, Hey, you know, we want to get active in the space. Um, but we don't really know the landscape or, you know, where the good projects are. And so we've got a lot of management teams that have come to us saying, hey, we're looking for stuff. Um, a lot of investment funds that are coming to us saying, hey, you know, where can we deploy some capital? Um, you know, and we had a lot of groups coming to us saying, hey, you know, we'd like to co-invest on opportunities as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of groups that have been kind of funneling, you know, towards this opportunity. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting to be kind of the gatekeeper a little bit, you know, at least at this stage. Um, to try and you know show people the right opportunities. Well, I think I think, uh, I think it's the know. right market though, right? Okay, it's it's, it's always like it this is, when, they, sure. when these you know cycles or this period of a cycle comes around, yeah, everyone's phoning everyone to find the next deal to load into the next uh, shell because they're going to be able to raise some money off the back of it. So I think those conversations are normal. My question is, isn't around that and whether people are coming and talking to you because you've been around for years, so that you they they know you exist. My question is around. You know, have you picked the right deals for the stage of the company without diluting your shareholders too much? So I don't mind if you, well, committing to doing a deal and not doing it, I, I, okay, it's unfortunate, but it's better than committing to the wrong deal is what I'm get, where I'm getting true, to, true. right? Okay, so, yeah. like, you know, I'm intrigued by the conversations that you're having with groups that want to fund you to, to buy and acquire revenue. Come back to that, revenue. It's, it's yeah. really important for you because one, they can be expensive, it can be competitive, it can take a lot of time, and that there's not a lot you know necessarily out there. So, what's going to give you the competitive advantage? Can you raise the money and can you do good deals with revenue? Yeah, so I think we've I've proven now that we can actually syndicate a, a deal, um, and Sprott is a very supportive partner. Uh, you know, I mentioned we have had quite a few groups, but I, I like to be a partner. You know, they were partners to us; they worked with us. I'd like to do another deal with them. Um, you know, quite frankly, we are just taking a moment pause because we just closed that transaction, uh, you know, let it settle for a second. Um, you know, we had a, a big buildup of opportunities in our pipeline uh, that were just kind of pushed to the side. But, you know, those are the ones where you're, you're paying $1 today and it's going to be worth 40 bucks tomorrow kind of thing. So they're good to pick up, um, but we are definitely going to be focused back on getting cash flow. Uh, and so we have cash flow from five producing assets. Uh, you know, that, that's the first time I'd ever look on taking on debt, um, you know, diversified stream of cash flows. And then you take a lot of the dilution away uh, from your growth story. And so uh, definitely cash flow is going to be something that you'll, you'll see again. Um, I want to go get another big cash flow and royalty before we ever go back to market. Uh, and so, yes, the, I mean, it's going to be exciting to follow us because we're going to do a little bit of everything. We're always going to be having a focus on cash flow. Um, but this, like I said, you know, it's just kind of a bit of a pause to, pick up some of these deals that we had in our pipe um, that are very value creative. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? 
or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.